Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three cr.org.au and on demand out of the pan with Sally, a show covering pansexual issues and knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Three CR proudly broadcasting from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay respects to elders of all lands, past, present, and emerging. Also acknowledge our LGBTIQ original inhabitants, including sister girls and brother boys, for their special contributions to diversity on and around the lands. Um, lots of ways to get in touch with um, Out of the Pan. You can do so um, via email. Um, I think I'm one of the last five people still using it and not some sort of messenger system. Out of the Pan 855 at gmail.com. Text 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold Said So and look for the posts on my page, Sally Goldner, and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And today, well, opened up appropriately enough with Melinda Schneider and the story of my life because it is after putting out the call for some personal stories. I'm joined in the studio by my first personal story type of guest, um, the wonderful Wombat. Good to have you in the 3CR um, studio this morning. Thank you, Sally. It's, um, yeah, inter- first time on radio, so I'm a bit nervous. That's all right. Just, um, it's, just it's just us two. There's really... Not ten thousand listens out there. No, I didn't say that. No, um, and if if you if you like, you can do the Mike Brady helping Marsha with the driving test technique. You imagine all the listeners in their underwear. Well, I often listen to you on podcasts, so that could actually be true. Ah, okay. There you go. See, um, hello to if you are to anyone listening on podcast. Um, whatever you're wearing, um, I suppose that's that's your individual freedom. <laughs> but it is good to have you with us, and in a way, you're. In the words of, I think it's Bart Simpson, um, long-time listener, first-time caller sort of thing, um, because you you were listening to the show a few years ago, but and you put um, you responded you responded to the being a, a storyteller. Yeah, well, I started listening when I was at Northland Secondary College. Yeah, and we actually had a student who was one of your co-hosts. That's right. Hello to the wonderful Natalie. If you're out there, um, rocking along all right now, um, you know it's good to see. Um, you know and. Yeah, you know, Northland, a fabulous um, place to be, but and you do work in a school which we want to talk about. But um, I know it sounds. I've always, I suppose, I've always wanted to say this. Wombat, this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell, you know, dive in anywhere. Tell you know, you're I, you know, you've got an amazing story. I think with lots of things to talk about. So just start somewhere, anywhere, and we'll go from there. I reckon. Yeah, well, being Father's Day, um, yes. one of the stories I told you by email that I think fits well with Father's Day yeah. is that um, my dad passed away when I was 17, mm-hmm. um, so we never had a conversation about my sexuality, but he clearly knew it in my mind, and the, I guess, key moments that indicated that um, 
One of them was his favourite film he was very keen to share with me. And I think um, he shared it with me because he wanted me to understand the race um, side mm-hmm. of the story um, because my dad's an Anglo-Saxon Australian yep. and my mum is an Indian Fijian who uh, migrated over here um, to further her career because right. um, they don't have universities in um, Fiji or they didn't at that time. So everyone okay. came over to Sydney to study right? Uh, and they met and so they experienced what the characters in the film My Beautiful Laundrette mm. um, experienced in real life. And so I think Dad wanted me to share that experience. But I think there was also a bit about showing that he was comfortable with um, content um, around gay because I identify as being gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we watched that movie together late night on, I reckon it was SBS, maybe ABC. Um, uh, and, yeah, um, he would often bring it up in conversations. But we watched a whole heap of things together. Um, because I liked Good News Week, we watched that together. <laughs> uh, and then when Julie McCrossan was the host of Mardi Gras, we watched that. Um, and he just, you know, was enjoying it for Julie McCrossan and I was enjoying it for I'd never seen these sort of things as a teenager, cool. wow, a young yeah. teenager before. Um but also things like um, Bent TV on the it used to be on a Monday night, and we used to watch that together. So um, while we never openly ever discussed my sexuality or boyfriends or anything like that, I'm pretty sure Dad was fully aware. That's you know what that's a pretty awesome parent that you don't in a way have to talk about it that you can just bond as parent and child sort of thing. And yes, happy. Um, I hope Father's Day out there for people has the meaning that it wants for you. Um, to all to all our listeners, it can have its emotions. But um, that's in a way that's pretty awesome. I mean, you 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 didn't have to come out because in a way you kind of didn't need to. No, and Mum and I um, often discussed my sexuality um, during university years. She had the rule that I couldn't bring boyfriends home, <laughs> so instead I bought study partners home. It was. Uh, Really good strategy. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, mum was very open um, as well. And nowadays um, I've only had two serious partners over my life, but when they've been around she's spoilt them rotten because that's what Indian matriarchs do. <laughs> yeah, I think for all, for all the talk about that, I think maybe it's probably something Jewish matriarchs do as well, since so to me of Jewish background over here. And then you hear about Italian and Greek and Croatian. I think maybe it's what matriarchs do. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, there's some research in that, I reckon, <laughs> but which, which is pretty awesome. So you had a, you know, in that sense, you had parental support for all of who you were. And I suppose that the other thing that comes out of it, um, and I'm, you know, having, and I think you used the term an interracial marriage, you know, and you met, and so that would have, you know, been a sort of stand for diver, you know, that's a sort of diversity in itself, which probably maybe prompted your dad to go, oh, okay, I can't really not love my child because they're, in your case, gay or have it been anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And he was um, incredibly supportive all the way through my schooling because I was often the target of bullies. Ah. Never for my sexuality, luckily. Um, it was always around race. And oh. um, dad was a very strong ally and support. Um, through what was really tough because it's something that I couldn't change. And I think um, it's that experience that I bring to my professional role as a youth worker and to my volunteer roles um, around 
you know, wanting to create a better environment for people because they can't change the things that make us different. So we need to include everyone for their diversities. Absolutely. So, you know, um, it's a sad statement on society sometimes that we don't value diversity. We need all of it. I always say jokingly, um, you know, I have a computer and a car and wouldn't be able to know how to repair either. Um, if we're all computer repairers, I'd shut it, I wouldn't drive. And if we um, were all car mechanics, I'd be pretty isolated without a laptop or something. And diversity just extends to groups of people. Um, everyone's perspectives, I think, add value. And of course, there's a, probably a mountain of management material about the more diverse perspectives you have and valuing them equally, that you get better outcomes. So, um, you know, and, you know, that's, you know, probably helped you through your formative years, but also something to build on later on, which we're going to talk about on a couple of angles. So lots to throw into the blender there. If you've got any questions for me or Wombat, get them through to us. Um, Melina sent through an email, a joyous day to all the dads, especially those who have wonderful children and rainbow families that are raising great little Vegemites. Looking forward to the show. Well, we're underway, Melina, and so for yourself or anyone else, keep um, in contact with us. In the meantime, um, I, 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 did a, I did this novel thing called Preparation for the show today, <laughs> and I was thinking, are there any songs that um, have either somewhere in the lyrics, Wombat? And believe it or not, the police had to. Um, Masika Tanga, which was the last track on their first album, Outlanders de Moor, but I always did like their wry sense of humour, and this one's from Regatta de Blanc on Any Other Day. Listen for the Wombat. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Wombat. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 94198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the Dots. 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 8.55am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. 3AW, Stalking Melbourne. No, it's 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guest Wombat. And we just heard the police um, um, 
you know, having, having a laugh at themselves with their track from Regatta de Blanc on any other day. And yes, having a bit of satire. Oh no, my fine young son turned out gay. Well, um, Wombat's parents um, had a fine young son and I'm quite happy that he was gay and you're my guest in the studio today. And wow, what a varied background. Um, and well, you are here in your scout uniform heading off to do volunteering work with the stuff with the scouts afterwards, I presume. We do. We've got um, Camboyle Showtime has perf- finished all its performances, so now we're gathering the cast together to reflect on how they enjoyed the experience of being in theatre and performing musical comedy. Oh, well, I mean, sorry, Camberwell Showtime. What, yes. what, what was, it? was it an original or did you...? Yes, so we have 120 cast and wow. um, even more young people aged... Um, we start at 11 uh, and go up to um, 26 as youth, but we have adults like myself who just keep hanging around. Um, and we write our scripts over the summer. We rehearse over the first half of the year and we perform in August. So um, the City of Birundara assist us with the Hawthorne Arts Centre and we perform there um, for eight shows, so eight live shows of musical comedy theatre. Original material too and all those people. That's a, As a colleague in the community sector says, amazeballs, I reckon. And we're not the only ones. So there's also Whitehorse Showtime, South Metro, Melbourne Gang Show, and this year I travelled up to Mildura to see the Sunraysia gang show. So they're all over the place. And in October, Streslecki, back in my home area of Gippsland, um, has their show. So you've, you've, got, you've hit on something there. I mean, I suppose I have this, um, sorry, stereotypical image of scouts and guides as, you know, sort of, oh, I know it's really bad, sorry, lighting campfires and pitching tents and things. Well, we love our outdoor adventure, so that's a big part of what we do and a big part of what we promote. So we do show a lot of images of our members out camping um, and doing those traditional activities that have been part of it since it started, well, um, 1907. Um, but nowadays, modern scouting also has a huge performing arts element. It has a whole um, section around um, diversity and inclusion. We've got um, programs that run around first aid training. So there's a lot of different elements we do because while we're about adventure, we're also about giving young people skills and educating through a method of learning by doing. So we get young people out there doing things um, so that they can take those skills into their adult lives. Which is a pretty awesome approach. And it's, you know, um, and it's my stuff with the stereotype, my monkey on my shoulder, just to be clear about that. Um, Because, you know, I suppose that's the image, but, you know, there you go, you're on stage, you're doing all sorts of things. And that's a really good thing often our formal, in, I'm, I'm going to say an inverted commas, education system, you know, it just says you must go to class, these are the classes you must go to sort of thing. And you're just, you know, giving people outdoors skills, stage skills. So you've got the people performing, the lighting people, the whole caboodle. And we often reinforce what young people learn at their schools, but we do it through that method of learning by doing. So um, you could go to a few weeks um, of first aid classes in your PE curriculum Um, but then you'll come to scouts and there'll be people making fake wounds out of Vaseline for, you know, people to treat. So there's that element to how we operate in our our learning and our delivery of content. And that includes our diversity and inclusion stuff. Um, It is actual content that we take out there and people will have discussions. Um, The Venturers have a badge um, where they do have ethical discussions and during that time they talk about some of the hot topics that are um, facing our communities at the moment. Um, 
you know, and I, I've been to some where they've talked about um, what is it the scouting needs to do to be more inclusive um, mm. or, you know, how do we promote our inclusive um, nature? Um, and it's things like participation in events. So uh, obviously a really big one for scouts is Pride March. Mm-hmm. Um and we've just got a team of four young people who've come forward that want to run next year's Pride March. Um, three of them are under 18. So it's going to be a really interesting experience as they take leadership at that activity and take it forward. Yeah. Oh, look, it's, um, it is incredibly just awesome to see that there's all that going on. And, you know, you, it, you, the thing that we probably need, might need to clarify, which I needed to, you know, we tend to think of scouts and go boy scouts, which leads to issues of gender, but it is scouts are all genders and it's a case of gender schmender sort of thing and we like to throw lots of terms around so people will think of cub scouts because that's quite a famous section um that's our youngest members they're um eight to eleven um we've got six and seven year olds who are joeys we've got scouts who are the traditional um the 18 to 14 we've got our 14 to 18 year olds which are the venturers and the rovers which are 18 to 26 year olds um, and learn all those terms, research them really well, because we're going through a national review at the moment, and one of the questions we're asking is, do we need to change those terms? So it'll be interesting to see how the community keeps up, because we just throw changes out there, but it was 1975 that we got rid of the boys, um, and we became uh, anyone and everyone welcome. Yeah, what a, what an awesome thing. So that sort of inclusivity, you know, um, particularly when you, you know, we can't really avoid it that much, you know, when we're hearing all this debate about gender and, you know, will my, will my child turn into a bird was the great parody response this week on one um, um, from one media outlet um, in relation to the silly advertisements that started. And it, you're just, scouts are just doing it, you know, not a, not a hassle schmassle sort of thing. Which... No, and, and guides have a very strong program as well. We're very similar. While we are separate organisations, very similar. So, you know, two of Victoria's biggest youth organisations out there with these very strong programs and messages. Yeah, and the sky hasn't fallen in and Chicken Little hasn't been running around and all the rest. And you're just out there doing good stuff, building young people's confidence and assertiveness and their skills and, you know, teamwork and communication skills. It's like, gee, can we just borrow your textbook or something and pass it around. It's really, really good to see that sort of thing happening. And, yeah, on just on so many levels. And you've yourself have obviously been involved with Scouts for a very long time. Yeah, I came as a, uh, I came along to a bring-a-friend night as an eight-year-old and I've stayed ever since. Um, Venturers was probably my favourite section, which is the 14- to 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um and I was inventors at the time that the Boy Scouts of America bought out their very famous um, bands that luckily are all now removed. Um, but at that time, they came in force first for their leaders and then for their youth members. And it was quite a difficult time in scouting. And I really liked the fact that John Ravenhall, as the chief commissioner, came out and said, look, anyone who can make the scout law and the scout promise in Australia is welcome. And that's the message now that in my state role, I take out and share with our volunteers. Yeah, and it's just people, young people, yay, um, and you know people like yourself who have sort of gone through and been experienced. You know who can then, you know, just keep keep the um, you know sort of you know, what is it tapping into the matrix, so to speak, and it keeps rolling on generationally. Just absolutely sensational. We've had a, a message in a couple of mess, more messages from the fabulous Melina who just said, 
um, in relation to our talking about matriarch stuff, she said, it, um, Sally, it's called passion for the Greeks. <laughs> Fair enough. But it asked a question of you. Um, now I'm going testing, stretching you here, but... Um, is it what is my real name? Because she'll never get to know that. No, we haven't asked that and we're not going to. Um, I'm going to want to talk. Uh, I want to talk indirectly about that in a second. But the question is, what's the best advice you would give to fathers for the next generation in raising happy and healthy kids who are part of the Rainbow Community? Words of wisdom. Um, now you can think about that while we go to some music, if you like. Well, I'm going to need to because I'm not a father myself, uh-huh. and one of my rules, because I'm a youth worker based in a school, one of my rules is I never try and tell parents how to do their job. They're parents, yeah. and we need to respect what they do. It's how do we support them to do what they do. Aha, uh-huh. that's actually hmm, there's a good thought. How do we support someone to do what they do? That's actually really good. It's not so prescriptive in a way. You know, that's a good thought. Um, yeah, you know, sort of it's the old, um, you know, be a battery cable to people, but not a, not a, we'll say a, an accelerator or something like that. That shows you, see, I told you I didn't know about cars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're going to, we'll talk about the school's um, part of things next. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to keep on with the story theme and have a track from Paul Kelly, um, which is right in line. It could almost be the, a new theme for this show, although I'm probably going to stick with Let's Cook because we're out of the pan forever and ever. 3CR 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guest Wombat. 3CR 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guest Wombat on first going to air on a Sunday afternoon. And we just heard from Paul Kelly from the comedy album and the more... um, faster version um, of Stories of Me, which originally was on Gossip back in the 80s. Um, It's Paul Kelly, the maestro, the genius, can rework his songs in his own way and make them all brilliant. And, of course, the uh, latest album, Life is Fine, which um, has gone to number one on the charts and having more songs from that over the next few weeks. But right now, what about, gosh, you're a multi... I love intersectionality. You're such a, a multifaceted person. Your scouts is voluntary, but you... We do have to do this thing called paid work. You know, I'm sorry to use two four-letter words to our listeners, but we've got to do it. It pays for the food. It pays for the food and, in my case, the coffee and other things. Um, but um, you, you know, you obviously love your day job as well as your volunteering with Scouts. I do. Well, when you work in a school, it's a, a pretty interesting place because you get to meet large numbers of people and so you get to, you know, something different happens every day. It's never the same. Plus, there's lots of dodgy excursions to interesting places like the zoo. The zoo or Gumbaya Park? or <laughs> Well, you're based in Gippsland and Gumbaya Park's down that way, isn't it? Um... Yeah, and you know what? We have never gone there. We like to come into Melbourne. It's more exciting. Get out of that, you know, small town. Trafalgar's, you know, a town of 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. So it's good to come to the big smoke. So we try and... We come up with all sorts of random places in the city that we visit, but the National Gallery of Victoria is our usual favourite. Oh, wow. So you, you get into the big smog, so to speak, um, as I call it, and, yeah, the National Gallery, that's that's cool. I didn't know about that, um, that you, um, you know, sort of, um, that and the zoo. So, yeah, more same sort of diversity in your scouting world as your school excursions. And I'm curious that you, you know, it's interesting you say sort of every day is different in a way. I mean, um can I get, I'm interested well, to drill we have, into that a bit more. Yeah, well, we have 600 young people. Those young people have their families. And as a school, we they're all part of our community. So we support everyone. And so you never know 
um, you know, uh, our peak periods are Monday mornings because that's when all the kids come in with what's happened over the weekend. And look, sometimes there's dramas that need a bit of support, and but sometimes it's just they just want to tell us what's been going on, share it with another adult. Um, and, you know, for teachers, they're the adults in these young people's lives who are um, not family and so therefore are independent. And so young people will share a lot with their teachers and so part of my role is to then support the teachers in supporting the young people. So um, we call it student welfare as my job title, um, but, I mean, it's a whole range of different duties. And so, you know, one day I might be coming in and running staff PD, but the next day I might be, you know, working one-on-one with a young person going through a tough time. Yeah, or, you know, you it could be a young person having a tough time about anything, whether it's just particular subject or stuff at home or whatever it is and it could be a teacher could also have teachers you know who have tough times as well um you know um it's a hard thing when you're in that role of being the sort of support person you know, as a teacher or other things you know sort of who cares for the carer in a sense and I, naturally i suppose for yourself you've got de deboyfing and that sort of thing that you would do well we'd like to claim that that's all in place unfortunately um those sort of structures are not perfect yet, but oh. um, there's a lot of work going on in the Department of Education about how we can have those things um, much better um, because we do have our people like myself who are sort of that front line in the school. Luckily, we have really good regional support people uh-huh. um, and some of them are quite specialised. So um, we have two specialised people for in Gippsland who we can talk to about the Respectful Relationships curriculum. We have a specialised person who we can talk to about safe schools. We have specialised people who we can talk to about mental health support. So anything going on for our young people, we have specialised people that we can reach out to and get support for them. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you've got um, so you've got that's you know th- those sorts of supports, which at least is you know going to shed um, ease your load or keep it manageable, that sort of thing. Um, but, you, of course, you mentioned safe schools and... Um, Trafalgar High School, very proudly part of the program since November 2010. When it was launched, I, which I, I remember that oh, day. we're a little bit behind. North Northland and Northcote and Formbury darabin then the nice early schools that, you know, were there at the start in 2010, we're a little bit behind in Traff. But it's Gippsland. We're expected to be a little bit behind. <laughs> Glad you said that and not me, but um, no, look, I, I think the official the official launch, which I remember was at a big building in Docklands, um, was November 2010, so you were sort of in there, there were schools obviously probably in there piloting, I suppose, and so for Trafalgar to be in there pretty early yeah. for where are we now, seven years, that's amazing. Um, and have you, you've been at Trafalgar since, for how long, sorry? Um, I started in May 2010 at Trafalgar, so I was lucky enough to first experience the program with Northland Secondary College and then come across to Trafalgar and have this background knowledge when Trafalgar decided to sign on. Um, And it's a really easy program for schools to be a part of. So it's now expanded almost all Gippsland Secondary Schools are members at the moment and um, the government has said that by next year every secondary school will be. Um, So Gippsland's ahead in that category. Um, and every school has found it really useful. It's got great support for staff. Um, it helps the teachers with content, um, but it also helps the teachers with, okay, what pronouns do I use? What language do I use in my classroom? Um, mm. So it's got a lot of that content that, you know, you might only have to read once, but once you've read it, you've got it there in your practice as a teacher. 
Yeah, so things about being inclusive and not uh, boys over there for football, girls over there for netball or anything like that and just um, talking about parents and not well, mother We and get father. really told off by our students from that because Trafalgar has one of the strongest women's football teams uh-huh. um, and they actually made it to the premiership so they keep telling us off if we ever stereotype sport. Yay. Got to, got to say, as a digression, I, I watched a bit of the um, AFL women's match that was on. I hadn't had a chance to watch much of it earlier in the season and there was the, um, the AFL women Victoria versus the allies from other states and territories last night and I caught a couple of uh, quarter and a half of it and it was fantastic. Um, but I, I'll be I'll be cheering. Flabby Spice over here won't be playing. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so, you know, the thing is, there you go, that you're... Let, again, in the same way as the, the scouts, you're just letting people develop their skills as they need. And so the Trafalgar women's team, um, you know, doing it as well. And the thing that I wanted to ask is, you know, in the time that Safe School's been implemented, were there any sort of aha moments about how, wow, this has been amazing? Any particular stories or just a long and or a long-term change? It could be both because we're not binary on this show. I think... Um... So it had different stages. Yeah. Policy change and language used in policy, that was really, really quick. Like, it surprised me how quickly school council came on board, reviewed all the policies, made sure that it had inclusive language. Um, You know, uniform policy was a great example of that. It was as simple as just removing a couple of words and all of a sudden our policy was perfect. Um, And it... It surprised me how quick all that went through student consultation, staff consultation, and then school council. Um, that I guess there's a long-term change that comes from creating inclusive environments. And, you know, I talked to um, previous school captains who have been same-sex attracted males who um, say that, you know, in their early years at Trap High, they didn't feel comfortable, but um, as, as they went on... Um, through their education, things got more comfortable. And, you know, they said it was really great to hear that in one of the school captain speeches last year, you know, um, the young man could be really open about his sexual identity and no one made any comments or judged him or um, affected him in that way. So we feel that we've created this environment now where our students can be who they are and comfortable with that and know that there's not going to be those issues. And now we're applying those theories out of safe schools to a whole heap of other inclusions and diversities. We don't want our culturally and linguistically, I can never say that word properly, um, but we don't want those students to feel um, excluded. We have refugee members of Mm -hmm. our school community. um, So it's, you know, understanding um, and, you know, knowing that there's a lot of language on social media that um, if you were a young refugee student and you were seeing those comments out there um, you would feel that the community didn't support you so we have a a a view that our school should be a place that every young person feels that they're part of that community yeah and once you are then included in the attribute safe welcome all that sort of thing you can get on developing your skills as a person um whatever they may those skills may be whether and then get really good vce scores for us yeah that well, that's it's a win, see it's a win-win solution for students, teachers, um, the whole of life. Um, you know, just you don't have to you know sort of walk your way through a minefield of prejudice. You can just sort of you know all the minds are gone, and you just can walk, hop, skip, and jump, sort of so to speak, and get on with your life. Um, yeah. um, which is just plain awesome that 
that's the case. And, you know, sort of now people are, you know, who've gone through Trafalgar can just go out there and pursue their careers and their whole lives, which is fantastic. Oh, look, just, it is just, it is, it is hugely wonderful to hear some things like that, um, that, you know, sort of, um, you know, just, you know, just show what, when you put good values and inclusivity, common sense and respect in, you know, just such a such a, a simple yet powerful foundation on which and to build. Going back to Scouts, that's why we have a Scout Law and a Scout Promise and our Scout Law has been simplified now um, and one of the big categories is be respectful. Um, so we're teaching young people to be respectful um, and to do your best and be your best self and, and that's what we're trying to get our young people to do at Scouts. So um, that values education is an important part of community. Yep. And so, yeah, um, just, yeah, inclusive, valuing people, being positive, yay. Um, I'm going to keep up with the stories. I've got another one um, because it's an exciting first personal story and there's just so much rich stuff in your story. But um, uh, one of my favourite um, singer-songwriters was a guy, is a guy called Tom T. Hall. He still is one of my favourites. And from his 1972 album, The Storyteller, this is called The Story of Your Life. Um, so let's have another story song on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Wombat. From coast to coast, top to bottom, Night Owls on Rhythm brings you the best in Australian blues and roots derived grooves every Tuesday night at 11pm right here on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Happy birthday to you. Let's think about the good times and don't get feeling blue. For progressive people around the world, it's been a hard start to the year. Trump is rolling out his racist agenda, inspiring increased racial, religious and gender-based hatred across the globe. It really is time to rally together to fight for a better world. There is power in numbers and there is power in independent, community-run media. Join the swelling number of people fighting back by becoming a member of your radical activist radio station. Show us your love and subscribe to 3CR. Call us on 9419 8377 or pay online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU and on demand out of the pan with Sally and guest Wombat and yes prior to the messages we heard from the man whose nickname was the storyteller and that was from his album called the storyteller of nineteen seventy two the story of your life is in your face it's written there in little thingy lines um, things what are coming up this week Bent TV is on Friday night as always and then on um, benttv.org.au and on the Bent TV YouTube channel. Did some secret squirrel business filming for Bent TV yesterday. Watch out for that this month. Um, next Saturday, of course, the second Saturday of the month is Seahorse um, Monthly Meeting um, in the inner east of Melbourne. And 
um, Chains, who's on next week as well um, for the Kingsters. And um, that pretty much, um, yeah, gets us through the week. Of course, there is one other thing happening during the week. Please send your vibes for the High Court to be wise and compassionate and that sort of thing. Not that we're wanting to influence a court case, but please let's hope we have an outcome that is favourable to LGBTIQ people on the um, proposed postal vote. Um, I think the High Court is due to hand down its decision either Tuesday or Wednesday at the time of um, this show first going to air. So that's the 5th or 6th. Um, Yes, may all the rainbow deities be on our side. Um, And of course, we're in um, Bisexuality Month because, of course, it's Celebrate Bi Day on the 23rd of December. Uh, September, I beg your pardon, or equinoxial and stuff. So um, we're 20 days days away from Celebrate Bi Day. And I've got to say now, before I forget, um, next week's guest will be a committee member of Bi Alliance, the fabulous Melon. So um, lots to talk about with them on the show. But still, of course, chatting with the fabulous Wombat, um, we've, you know, we've covered... I, I was campaigning to be called the Mediocre Wombat so that your future guests could build it up <laughs> step by step. So next week's guests can be a step above mediocre. Oh, look, I just can't let... I'm sorry, but I suppose I should be polite to guests, but I can't let you say you're the Mediocre Wombat. <laughs> it's, you know, you've got such, a, such an amazing story and we... You know, gosh, um, we're running out of time to cover it all, so... I'll, I'll throw it to you. Is there anything else in your whole life and perhaps where you might want your future to go um, that we haven't covered thus far because, you know, your whole background is huge, your work, your volunteering, but is there, you know, I'll just throw it, throw it at you, um, you know, sort of anything else that you'd like to you know, chat about that you think well, is important? I, I think my personal focus is the scouting movement. I've been a part of it for a long time and it's to make sure that all our members are supported in, and included. So there may be members of scouting hearing for the first time that we have a state commissioner, diversity and inclusion. Uh, Tim held the role before myself and then I've held it um, now for this year um, and I'm here for up to six years. Who knows how long they'll keep me. Um, but there will be state commissioners going on. So you can always reach us at state commissioner, which is sc.diversity at scoutsvictoria.com. No, just .com. Um, so that's our email. And members of the public who might have a question, they might have been listening to your podcast and want to know a bit about what Scouts is doing, get in touch. We're always happy to tell people what our organisation's up to. Um, nationally, we're writing our um, diversity and inclusion, um, I guess, statements and um, material for training at the moment. And um, Victoria's been doing this for a long time, but um, there are... Uh, a world program that's in full swing at the moment. So worldwide, they're recognising diversity within our organisation. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, and let naturally love to, um, yeah, if um, there's anything you want, um, people want to get in touch with, yep, you've given all the deets there. I'll, I'll pop them up um, as part of the details on the um, podcast um, when it goes up as well. Um, Melina's popped a question through to you, which we'll see if we can knock over. Great interview, Sally. We must also respect the conservative parents' viewpoints in raising their children in a private school setting that instills empathy and diversity but has a different approach or pedagogy to safe schools. How challenging is that for you as a teacher? Well, I'm I'm in a public school, so yeah. I've I've experienced safe schools through the public schools. 
Um, one of the schools I attended during my uh, childhood, my youth, um, was Penley and Essendon Grammar School. They mm-hmm. are a safe school. So there are a lot of private and independent schools who have come on board in the program uh, back during its time with uh, La Trobe University and now with its time under the Department of Education. Um, so you don't have to be a public school to access totally. the program. Um, and there are many private schools using it. And look, public schools have conservative parents. I, I yes. have all faiths represented in my school community. I have all um, cultural backgrounds represented in my school community. Um, there are members of our school community who um, will be hearing content around gender diversity and around sexual diversity for the first time. But it's about showing them, again, it's talking about that value of respect and that we are all a community. We all operate together. Um, so we're all about supporting everyone. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a, well, <clears throat> well, again, because we don't believe in binaries on this show, it's not just a two-way street, it's a spaghetti junction intersection. Um, you know, there are probably Christians who have probably heard, uh, don't understand Islam, but there's probably, maybe there could well be people of Islamic background who have heard misinformation about Christianity or Judaism or something like that and all sort of points in between. So it's about holding space, safe process for if there are queries, respectful conversations, you know, trying to work through affirming people but saying, hang on a second, or maybe did you think about that? And exploring spiritual beliefs yep. um, is a big part of the scouting movement. Yep. Um, we've just recently changed our promise. So we changed the wording from, or we give a choice now. So you could um, say my God as part of the scout promise, but you can now also say my spiritual beliefs. So it opens it up to much broader because the indigenous community structure of spiritual beliefs is very different to Mm. other faith communities. So um, as part of that, we're doing a lot of work with our young people around exploring faiths and faith communities. And, um, you know, there's traditional things like the Temple Beth visit, which shows off a Jewish community to scouting members. But there's also now a whole heap of new stuff coming in around how do we engage with our Indigenous communities and understand their um, spiritual beliefs. Yeah. Oh, look, well, I've got to say that um, as someone of um, Jewish background um, and my, <clears throat> well, my, not that it was the biggest thing in my life, my bar mitzvah coming of age of a, in inverted commas, Jewish boy into a man was at Temple Beth, but uh, then a few years ago I read, did a short reading there and I call it my bus mitzvah at 48. Um, great to hear you went there, but... Great to see, you know, it's so simple about giving the choice. Yes, if people want to say, my God, that's great, but then my spiritual beliefs. And, of course, I'm, I don't claim to be an expert on Indigenous issues, but often their preferred mode of communication is talking rather than written word and that sort of thing. So does that consideration come into it, those sorts of things? Well, definitely. And scouting delivers its promise verbally. It's a, it's something you make at your investiture. Um, but... I guess scouting also, we have a huge range of young people with disabilities, so we're very flexible about how we deliver every part of our um, organisation, whether it's our communication and being flexible around that to accommodate, you know, um, literacy levels. Um, The email I sent you, Sally, would have quickly shown that I have a a very low level of literacy, but it doesn't stop my involvement in the organisation. I think you're too humble, to be honest. Um, well, but unfortunately, we've got to wrap it up because Freedom of Species is ready to go um, on the next show. Um, talking wombats, um, <laughs> uh, I've wanted to do, I've been wanting, been wanting to do that all week since you confirmed the interview. Um, look, it's been an absolute delight. You've just, um, I know you said you're the mediocre wombat. I think we've made a fab start to the personal stories. 
Um, so thank you so much for coming, so much to share, so much positivity that we, we need that shows that it just can be done and done easily. So thank you. And um, also, of course, as always, thanks to Melina for all your um, messages throughout the program. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Um, better take it out, though. I if I was thinking about this. I'm a huge fan of Graham Connors, and I picked... It's sort of about stories, the road less travelled, and is anyone's road any more or less than anyone else? I'll leave people to ponder that until Melham joins me as my guest on the, as telling their personal story next week. Uh, but until then, um, thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, and I will catch you next week.